Would you like to be seated? And Wendy's going to come and bring us our readings, and then Paul's going to preach. Right, good morning, everyone. The first lesson is from Joel. Joel, chapter 2, verses 28 to 32. The day of the Lord. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heaven and on earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be a deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the survivors whom the Lord calls. It's the end of the first lesson. And the next one is John, chapter 14, verses 15 to 26. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot, cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And before, the long, before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me, because I live in you, and you also will live. <clears throat> On that day, we will realize that I, am my fa- that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who have my commands and obey them are the ones who love me. Those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Those who love me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, or the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. I think that's um, that's the end of the reading time, isn't it? um, Thanks be to God. Mm. Amen. Thank you, Wendy, and happy birthday. Let's, uh, let's pray again.
Holy Spirit of God, thank you that you're here with us now. And uh, we just pray, Lord God, that as we explore your word together and this uh, theme of the Holy Spirit, that you might be speaking into our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. I have a very special offer for you today. I've been uh, out and about this week, and uh, I've captured something really quite special. Being a good West Country boy, and knowing that you can't beat the smell of a West Country farmyard, I went down to the Royal Bath and West show this Friday. I know how to show a girl a good time, took Tracy with me. Down there at Shepton Mallet, in amongst the cows and the pigs and the sheep, and I've brought back a container of good old-fashioned West Country farmyard air. I can see you're excited. And it's for sale to the highest bidder. Is anyone interested in starting the bidding? Didn't think so. Oh, well. I thought I'd give it a go. I was inspired by those who've uh, gone before me. Over the past few years, someone tried to sell uh, a bottle of air from a Stone Roses concert. This new gizmo might work, but doesn't. Oh, well. Scrap that. Can we move on to the next slide? There we go. Stone Roses concert. Tried to sell a jar of air captured at the Etihad Stadium. And somehow the bids got up to £65,900. Hmm, okay. I assume it's for charity. Um, someone was trying to sell a Ziploc bag of air from a concert by Kanye West. And uh, you can currently buy a bottle of fresh Cornish Sea air on eBay for the bargain price of £60. I'll take anything up to £60 for my container full of West Country air. It was taken from the uh, sheep pavilion on Friday afternoon, so it's got quite a good dose of whatever. <laughs> what about, would you be more interested if I could offer you a bottle of the Holy Spirit, a container of the Holy Spirit? You would. Guaranteed to take your breath away. But it's a bit of a ridiculous concept, isn't it? The Holy Spirit can't be contained in a bottle. We can't control what the Holy Spirit will do, how the Holy Spirit will work. There is no price on the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Today is Trinity Sunday. In the West today, we usually associate the Holy Spirit with the image of a dove, so beautifully uh, captured on the embroidery behind me, on the altar frontal as well. Taking up that image from Jesus' baptism, where he hears the affirmation of the Father, and we're told that the Spirit descended on him like a dove. It's a great image, it's a powerful image. But in some ways it's quite a tame image, isn't it, the image of a dove? And so the Celtic Christians came to see the Holy Spirit as more like a wild goose with a tendency to disrupt or surprise, to move in unexpected ways. And uh, so the story goes, this was in part inspired by a story from 
387 BC. And on July the 18th of that year, the Gallic Celts attacked the city of Rome. And more than 30,000 Gallic warriors overtook much of the city. There was raping and pillaging. There was burning and plundering, driving the surviving citizens and the Roman soldiers to take refuge at the top of the Capitoline Hill. The invading Gauls tried to overtake the hill at night, but a flock of geese, startled by the scent and the sound of the approaching fighters, began loud cackling thus warning the sleeping Roman troops and saving the city from being overrun. If we start trying to domesticate the Holy Spirit or even control the Holy Spirit, we're on a hiding to nothing. As we read in John chapter 3, in verse 8, it says, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. The Spirit works in us and works through us in a multitude of different ways. And we can expect the unexpected. And we see that in Scripture. We read the stories of the Holy Spirit's work in the Old Testament, in the life of Jesus, and then on into the early church. We know that he will work in different ways in the life of a Christchurch community in the year ahead as he has in the past. Will we be in step with what the Holy Spirit wants us to do and who he wants us to be? Let's just remind ourselves of some of the ways we see uh, the Holy Spirit at work. So next slide, please, Dave. We read of the Holy Spirit in creation, so very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. We read of the Spirit hovering over waters, creating and forming. The Holy Spirit active since the very beginning of time. And then as we go on through the pages of the Old Testament, we find the Holy Spirit equipping specific people at particular times for particular tasks. We read of the Spirit working the lives of of Joshua, of Gideon, of Saul and others, empowering them to lead God's people in challenging circumstances, to do so in God's strength, not in their own. We then go on to read of the Spirit releasing gifts of creativity. So we're introduced to the character of of Bezalel, for instance, in Exodus chapter 31, using his craftsmanship skills in the tabernacle of Moses. We read prophecies which anticipate the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on all flesh. We've just read one such prophecy from Joel chapter 2. The wild goose going about his business, uncontainable, but working under the guidance of the Father. And then as we move on into the New Testament, we find Jesus equipped by the Spirit at his baptism, and then ministering in the power of the Holy Spirit as he teaches, as he heals, as he performs miracles. Upsetting the status quo, challenging the religious norms, and bringing new life and fresh hope. And as his ministry progresses and he moves towards the cross, he promises the Holy Spirit as helper, as advocate, as guide, as the one who helps us discern right from wrong, as the spirit of truth. 
And there's that lovely little line in uh, the gospel reading we had from John 14 about the Spirit as one who will live with you and will be in you. And that's a promise for every single one of us. If we've accepted Christ as our Saviour, he has gifted us with his Spirit. He lives with us and he lives in us and is working to transform us. And we see that transformation in the lives of the disciples after Pentecost, where a timid assortment of ragged fishermen and tax collectors become confident and bold teachers and evangelists and pastors. And the gospel spreads throughout the region and beyond. And then as we go through uh, Paul's letters and letters of others, we read of the Holy Spirit who transforms our lives, our characters. We read of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. Because however hard I try, however hard we try, we can't make ourselves better people. We get caught out by pride or selfishness or stubbornness or lust or envy or no end of other things. And yet the Holy Spirit works in us and softens us and grows us and helps us to become more like Jesus if we let him. And we also read of the Spirit equipping us with gifts and with talents to share. We'll be looking at these themes more in the, in the weeks to come as part of our series. And so in 1 Corinthians 12, in Ephesians 4 and in Romans 12, Paul gives us three non-exhaustive lists of some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Some of them seemingly quite ordinary, yet vital gifts, gifts of hospitality, gifts of administration, and some more seemingly spectacular gifts, gifts of healing and prophecy and miracles. But we're reminded by Paul that in each, each one of us, the manifestation, the demonstration of the Spirit is for the common good. And God will work in each of us in different ways. And we see uh, the gifts of the Spirit in the, the folks here in other congregations in our worshipping life together. Who is this Holy Spirit? God's presence, God's power, the very person of God with us and in us and working through us. Sometimes as gentle as a dove, bringing peace and comfort. But sometimes the wild goose disrupting and unsettling. We're in a time at Christchurch of really seeking the Spirit's leading as we discern the priorities for Christchurch over this period ahead. Dan's referred to that earlier. Many of you were praying as part of One Church One Day over Friday into Saturday. I encourage you to continue to pray and do, if you do sense that God's saying something to you by his Spirit, do share that with us, however, however tentative that might be. Over the next few weeks, we're continuing to explore the nature of the Holy Spirit and engage with him more fully. And as part of that, we're going to have a, an evening series, uh, we're calling them Encounter, for five Sunday evenings, starting next week at 6.30 in the evening. Do come along, more informal services, some teaching, some worship, seeking the Holy Spirit's presence that we might encounter him. Encountering him as the gentle dove or the wild goose, 
working in his way and in his time. So let's approach these next few weeks with uh, excitement and anticipation as we learn more of the Spirit's work and we experience his work in our lives. One of the ways that the Spirit works is to, is to guide us and to prompt us and to call us. I'm going to invite uh, Kathy up. Uh, some of you will know Kathy if you've uh, been here for quite a while at Christchurch. You all have known uh, Kathy and her husband Dave and uh, their children, Ben and, and Lizzie. If you're new to Christchurch, uh, then we're going to find out a little bit more about Kathy, what she's been up to. I'm getting a signal. Kathy's standing here and I'm standing here. Very good. Um, so for those, for those who are new to uh, Christchurch, um, Kathy has been sent out by us uh, to Kingswood at the moment, but there are other things in store. So we're going to find out a bit more about that. First of all, though, your experience in recent times, and I haven't gifted you this question, so um, this is the bonus question. Um, your experience of the Holy Spirit in recent times, has it been more gentle dove or more wild goose? Ooh, love the images. I remember preaching about the dove. Anyway, hello, 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 hello. Um, both, if I'm allowed both. Go on then, Go, um, expand, expand. <laughs> expand. Have, you se- have you seen the okay. Holy Spirit at work in, in yes. your life? Has yes. he led you okay. in uh, recent so, times? So that's a huge question, and um, I think I want to go through one particular lens, if that's all right. So um, I've been led towards a call on my life of ordination, ordained priesthood in the Church of England. Did I expect that? however many years ago, no. Was I a top fan of the Church of England? No. Has the Holy Spirit done a remarkable work in my life? Yes. And I want to offer to you how. So I've been led to different scriptures, and I want to give you one particular, one or two particular. So Ezekiel 34, 11 to 16. So if you look that up sometime, that will give you an image of a God desiring to come towards us. A God who searches us, seeks us out, and longs to bind up the injured. So every day the Holy Spirit reminds me, this is not about me. This is about God's passion for his creation. Move on to Ezekiel 36, verses 25 to 26. A new heart I will give you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. The Holy Spirit, quite frankly, has fleshed me up. A hardened heart, critical of the institution as an ex-social worker, has become someone impassioned for people, but impassioned for the church and for Christ's church mission in the world. That is a work of the Holy Spirit. That is not through my mind and my ability. I now love the church. And God has moved me on to John 21, 15 to 17. Do you love me? Feed my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. So the Holy Spirit isn't just content with changing me into this fleshy heart who loves the church. Now, God is asking me to tend the church, 
the people of God, to feed and teach and notice where God's mission is alive and encourage us to join in. So I've gone from that heart of stone to that fleshy heart, and that is a work of the Holy Spirit. So brilliant. So uh, tell us how perhaps Christchurch has played a part Ooh, in massive, that. I mean, some people massive, will be aware of this, massive, but massive, again, massive. for others it will be new. So thank you, everybody. Paul's kindly asked me that question because I asked for the opportunity to say thank you. Because the seeds for this call on my life began here. You have believed, faithfully prayed. You have walked with me through the twists and turns. And you have believed when the institution, I'm looking at some particular people, did not. And you have held true to the call that God has put on my life to follow the journey to ordained priesthood in the Church of England, as difficult as that has been for me and my family, and you have held true to that. So I just wanted the opportunity to encourage you, please continue to be that prayerful, faithful, scriptural, sending, missional church that you are and can only grow in the power of the Holy Spirit. Great. Thanks, Kathy. And, and what's it going to look like for you? Where are you going to be? You get your ordination, you get um, ordained on, what, 3rd of July? 2nd of July. <laughs> and um, where are you going to be? What's it going to look like okay. for you and your family? <clears throat> so 2nd of July, I'm ordained deacon curate, and I will be in the benefice of Hannam and Kingswood. Um, it's diverse. It's four churches. It has a huge uh, need to grow. It is beginning to be a place in which we are looking at fresh expression and where we are seeking to grow uh, the impact of uh, faith in that community. It's a very deprived community. So we need your prayers. But equally, I will continue to be in my ministry of spiritual direction and pastoral supervision. So um, mm, a lot of responsibility. Great. Well, we'd we'd love to pray for you, so uh, don't go away. And, uh, you know, God calls each of us in different ways. You know, Kathy's been called to ordination. That's not everyone's calling, is it? But each of us should be seeking what God might be saying to us and how he might use us and how his spirit might work in us and through us. But, Lord, we do thank you so much for, for Kathy. Thank you for all which she's given to the life of this church over the years. And thank you for the way in which she's responded faithfully to your call. And she's persevered through various setbacks but has kept her uh, focus on you and uh, continues to seek after you day by day. So we pray for her. Pray for her and uh, Dave as that ordination day approaches. Uh, Pray for them as they continue to establish themselves in that parish and that you might guide them by your Holy Spirit in all that they're about. And we pray, Lord God, that for each of us, we might be open to what your spirit would do in us and through us. May we not put barriers in your way. So meet with us, we pray. Meet with us as we continue to worship now. Meet with us as we share communion together, as we have fellowship together over coffee. May we be so very aware of your spirit's presence with us and in us. In Jesus' name, amen.